Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of ATP, Ask the Pastor. Pastor Sullivan here at Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Kerrville, Texas. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel, check us out on Patreon, get a coffee mug, all that stuff. Um, all those links are in the video description below. So today's question. Dear Pastor, I'm a 17-year-old Roman Catholic, uh, but I've been researching other denominations such as Lutheranism and Eastern Orthodoxy, and I have a few questions on faith alone. Do the following verses in the New Testament refute faith alone? 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11, in which Paul warns true believers to avoid grave sins under the pain of the loss of salvation. Matthew 19, 17, uh, in which Jesus warns us to keep the commandments to attain eternal life. And John 3, 5, in which he commands water baptism. How does baptism relate to justification and faith alone? None of these passages refute the teaching that we're justified by faith alone apart from works of the law. And we can examine them. Um, in fact, let's examine them in the reverse order of which you gave them. Then. Uh, so first, the relationship between baptism and justification, we address that in another video. You can check out the link. Uh, but it can really be summarized like this. Baptism is God's work by which he gives us salvation, by which he works faith in us. It's not our work of obedience that we do for him or to merit anything from him. But I encourage you to check out that video. Now, Matthew's words in, or excuse me, Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 19 then, this is a topic that uh, gets brought up on a regular basis. So a man came to Jesus and asked him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Now, since the man wanted to inherit eternal life by his works, Jesus points him to the law. He says, if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. The man then asks for clarifications as to which commandments, and Jesus answers, uh, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, the man enamored with the opinion of his own righteousness, then replies, all these things I have, I have done uh, and kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. So Jesus gives this man a specific commandment in order to show that he doesn't truly love God and his neighbor perfectly, because he's not willing to give away his possessions, his wealth, in order to serve his neighbor. Matthew writes, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, Jesus isn't teaching that our obedience to the commandments earns eternal life. His point is that if you want to earn eternal life by the works of the law, then you've got to do the entire law, and you've got to do it from the heart at all times. You, know, you must love God uh, and neighbor selflessly, 100% of the time. The law does make the promise of life. It promises life and every blessing to the one who keeps it perfectly from the heart. Moses writes in Leviticus 18:5, You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. And St. Paul writes in Galatians 3:10, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is the one who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Since we cannot do everything that the law demands from the heart continually, no one can earn eternal life by works of the law. By pointing this man back to the law, 
Jesus was actually setting forth the proper doctrine of the gospel. In fact, he intended to urge the law and the perfect fulfillment of the law to lead his listeners away from the false opinion of their own righteousness, uh, with which they had become fascinated, and to move them towards the knowledge of their sin and their lack of power. So to stir them up with desire for the physician uh, with his, with his uh, demonstration of their ailment. Uh, so he, he's, he's crushing this man with the law to show him you cannot keep the commandments enough to attain eternal life. Now, the man should have recognized his sin when Jesus spoke to him. He should have recognized his lack of power, and he should have sought uh, to inherit God's eternal life by God's grace instead. Again, an inheritance, as we've said elsewhere, isn't something that anyone earns. Uh, inheritance is sheer gift. St. Paul writes in Romans 6.23, the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, Jesus says in John 6.40, this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. Being justified by faith, apart from works of the law, by faith alone, we become children of God, and as sons of God, inheritors of eternal life and all the heavenly blessings. Now, being justified by faith, and being made inheritors of everlasting life, then obedience to the law follows. You know, Luther summarizes this really well. He writes, The works of God's law commanded in the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, do not justify, nor are they necessary for righteousness and salvation, because Paul says, No flesh shall be justified by works of the law, Romans 3.10. Nevertheless, they are necessary because Christ says, If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. For they cannot be omitted even when faith, which alone justifies, is present because they are the fruits of justifying faith. What this means is keeping the law isn't necessary for justification. Faith alone justifies apart from works of the law, as Paul says in Romans and Galatians. But the keeping of the law is necessary for the justified because walking in the law by the power of the Holy Spirit that's the fruit of justifying faith. So we strive to keep the commandments. We strive to walk in the Spirit, to walk in love. Uh, none of this causes us to inherit eternal life, but rather all of this is simply the fruit of faith. The Holy Spirit dwelling in us will bear these fruits so that we will run the way of the commandments and that we will be glad and rejoice in the law. Um, we want to do God's will because he has justified us freely for Christ's sake. You know, we confess in our Lutheran confessions, these things cannot take place before we are justified by faith and born anew through the Holy Spirit, because in the first place, no one can keep the law without the knowledge of Christ, nor can anyone fulfill the law without the Holy Spirit. But we cannot receive the Holy Ghost except through faith, as St. Paul says to the Galatians in 3.14, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So, our works do not uh, attain everlasting life because no one can fulfill the law perfectly at all times. Faith alone is how we are justified. And then that faith, which God has placed into us by his word and sacraments, that faith bears fruit of living in God's law. With that in mind, then we can pivot to 1 Corinthians 6 verses 9 through 11, because here Paul is then dealing uh, not with justification, but with the new life of faith, with a newness of life in which the Corinthians and all of us are to walk. He writes, 
Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And such were some of you, he writes. The Corinthians had repented of these sins and had believed the gospel. And then in baptism, they were washed, they were sanctified, they were justified. God made them into his children in holy baptism, having washed their sins away. He, he made them holy. He declared them righteous with Christ's perfect righteousness. And so, being declared righteous, justified, sins forgiven, they're no longer to live in their former sins. Instead, they're to forsake them. They're to fight the temptations to go back to their former sins and to think about their former sins. Uh, and instead, they're to pursue the newness of life. St. Paul, or rather, um, excuse me, Lutherans confess in the Apology of the Augsburg Confession. Now, since faith is accompanied by the Holy Spirit and produces in the heart new light and life, it is true and necessarily follows that faith renews and changes the heart. What kind of renovation of the heart this is, we learn from the prophet when he says, I will put my law in their inward parts. So the Corinthians' former sins are contrary to the new heart that the Holy Spirit works in them. If they go back willfully into those sins, if they deliberately sin against their conscience, then they're casting out the Holy Spirit and faith. So if a, if a Christian commits adultery, murder, fornication, sodomy, etc., then they've driven out the Holy Spirit and faith in order to commit those sins. And if they've driven out the Holy Spirit and faith, then they've forfeited salvation. As long as they're impenitent, then they are disinherited from the kingdom of God and eternal life. And that's why it's so important for Christians to avoid deliberate sinning, sinning against conscience. You know, that's why it's so important that Christians strive against temptation, walk by the Spirit, and crucify the flesh with its passions and desires at the first impulse and suggestion. Because willful sin drives out faith in the Holy Spirit. It drives out the faith that justifies so far from teaching salvation by faith plus works, St. Paul is exhorting Christians to live according to the Spirit, who motivates good works in us and helps us flee willful and deliberate sin. It's the same as when he writes to the Romans in Romans 8, 13 and 14. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, you, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So that's how all we read these passages according to their plain sense with the biblical doctrine of justification by faith alone. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you next time for another episode of ATP. Ask the pastor.